Coming up next is a sermon by Pastor Bill Wilder of Arizona Community Church. Today's topic is the truth and worthless religion. I hope you have a blessed time with Pastor Bill. For those of you that are new or watching online, we're in the middle of a series called "The Truth Will Set You Free," and it's Mother's Day. And I thought, well, do I just kind of scrap the series for today and talk about how awesome moms are? But I decided to stay in the series because. I wanted to talk about something we all have in common. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian, non-Christian, atheist, believer. uh, doesn't matter where you are. We all have one thing in common, and that is we all dislike the same thing. And that one thing that we dislike is worthless religion. Amen? Now, you might be sitting here going today, why in the world is he talking about worthless religion on Mother's Day? And here is why. I would venture to guess that there are many of you here today or that are watching online right now. And the only reason you're watching is because you're awesome. You are awesome and you love your mom, your grandma, and they said, would you come to church or tune in and watch and you love them and you say, I will do that for you. I do that because I love you. But going to church and hanging out with Christians isn't something that you normally do or even care to do. You don't even care to do that. And I get it. And I would venture to guess that for some of you, if not many of you, it's because you have been turned off by what you perceive to be worthless religion all around you. And if that describes you even remotely, no, I get it. I get where you're coming from. As a matter of fact, this church gets where you're coming from because this is a church that strives to practice true religion and not worthless religion. I would say so many people that grew up and they hate church, you know why they hate church is that they have a drug problem. They were drugged by their parents to church and it was worthless and it was horrible and they had a horrible experience. If you've been turned off by, you've gone to churches and you've just experienced weird stuff or what you perceive to be worthless religion, I get it. And again, the, tr- the people in this church get it. You know, um, worthless religion, there's nothing new about it. It's been around forever and it's all throughout the Bible, believe it or not. Let me give you an examples of worthless religion in the Bible. Jeremiah chapter five says this, an appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. Now, if I didn't read the rest of the verse and I said, if you had to fill it in, what would you think it is? And we'd fill it in with all sorts of ideas of like, I wonder what this horrible and and appalling thing is. Well, you know what it is? It's worthless religion. The prophets prophesy falsely and the priests rule at their direction. And here's the kicker. This is perhaps the worst part of it all. The people love it so. The people love it. And that really describes a lot of what I see happening in the world today. I see false prophets on TV. They're teaching and preaching all sorts of crazy stuff. And you see people, religious leaders ruling, not by the word of God, but by their own wisdom and what they think is right. But what breaks my heart is that the masses of people follow them, follow these people and this worthless religion. So what Jeremiah experienced is no different than what I see happening today. And perhaps you've seen it as well. Let me give you another example of worthless religion. This comes from the book of Malachi. And this is God talking to the priests of Israel. And he said, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am your father, where is my honor? And if I am your master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest. Now listen to this, who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? Now listen, there's nothing worse than a corrupt priest. But you want to know one thing that's worse than a corrupt priest? A corrupt priest that doesn't even know he's corrupt. One that's clueless. You're clueless and you're corrupt. It says, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised when you offer blind animals in sacrifice. Is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept 
or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts. Worthless religion. It's all throughout the Bible. It's all throughout history. Every one of us have experienced it. In this case, you have corrupt priests. They don't even want to give God their best. They want to give God the leftovers. Now, if worthless religion is something that makes your stomach sick, there is somebody who understands you better than anyone else. And you might be surprised at who it is. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And for whatever it's worth, like I said, I understand and this church understands. Do you know that no one encountered more worthless religion than Jesus? And no one was more bold to call it out. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons they crucified Jesus is because he got in the face of worthless religion and worthless religious leaders and called them out on it. The religious leaders in Jesus' day were some of the most self-righteous, hypocritical, self-serving people that ever walked the face of the planet. And that's why Jesus reserved some of his most severe rebukes for that group. Let me give you an example of one. Here's one of the rebukes that Jesus offered to those that were practicing worthless religion. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you're hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So in the ancient Jewish religion, if you touched a corpse, you were unclean. But the religious leaders took it a step further and they said, if your shadow even passes over a corpse or a tombstone, you're unclean. And so what they did to protect themselves is at Passover, they would paint tombs white, especially the ones that were hard to see or that you might just stumble upon and not know what that was there. So they'd paint them white so that you could see them. And, they look, and of course, they looked bright on the sun. They looked really nice on the outside. And Jesus says, you're just like those whitewashed tombs. You're really, you might look good on the outside. And you might draw attention because you look good on the outside, but you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness on the inside. So again, if you hate worthless religion, if you're here today because mom or grandma said, would you come to church or tune in and watch? And you're like, you're awesome. You're an awesome person. You're like, of course I'll do that. We're glad that you're here. We really, really are. And if you've experienced worthless religion, I'm with you. I've experienced it. We all have. Here's what I want to say. If you get nothing from my message today, just simply get this. Don't let those who practice worthless religion keep you from seeking the Lord because you're going to experience it in this life. You're going to have to wade through a lot of it, but don't let those who practice worthless religion keep you from seeking God. So when Jesus said this, he said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you want to know one of the things that the truth will set you free from? Worthless religion. If you know what the Bible says is true, if you know the truth, one of the key ways it'll protect you is from worthless religion. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So back in Jesus's day, 2000 years ago, perhaps the number one way that the religious leaders of that day were practicing worthless religion was they thought that if I just act super religious and obey a bunch of rules and regulations and traditions, if I meticulously, if I obsess about them, then God will see me as righteous. As a result, they obsessed and they drove everyone crazy. They drove literally everyone crazy. Not only did they practice that type of religion where they obsessed about rules and regulations 24 hours a day, they forced it on other people. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this, they, that is the religious leaders, tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move a finger to help anyone. So, they are like they're going to be self-righteous and legalistic and obey all these rules, but they're going to expect you to do it too. 
And so they're going to heap all these rules on you and all these regulations, all these traditions. You're going to feel crushed by it. They're going to do nothing to help you. And they're going to say, that's how God's going to accept you. Be like that. You see what the religious leaders fail to understand. And this is so incredibly important. And this is where the truth will set you free. It's impossible even for the very best person to become righteous enough through their own good works. You can try to obey every command in the Bible. You'll fail. I'll fail. None of us will be able to do it. You can't become righteous in God's sight by obeying a bunch of rules, regulations, and traditions. I'm not even kidding when I'm going to say this, but it's easier for you to jump over the Grand Canyon than to become righteous in God's sight through obedience. And it was this very type of religion that the Pharisees were practicing, and they were forcing it on everyone else. As a matter of fact, they were so zealous about this legalistic, you know, put a ton of traditions on you and this type of religion— they would cross land and sea to, to get this word out. Listen to this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. That means convert. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him, listen to this, twice as much a child of hell as yourself. If you've ever experienced worthless religion and you thought, that's horrible, I want nothing to do with it, good for you. Jesus describes it as the type of religion that will, that it's worthy of hell. That's, that's how bad worthless religion is. So if you've experienced it and you're like, I want nothing to do with it, you're in good company. You are. And so that's really important for you and me to know. You see, the religious leaders, they failed to understand was that what they failed to understand was simply this, is that the righteousness that you need and that I need is a gift. It's a gift. That's true religion. You want a great example of where the truth will set you free from worthless religion? Worthless religion says you need to try and work and do all these things and obey all these rules and practice all these traditions, and maybe, just maybe, you'll be good enough when you die. True religion says this, salvation is a gift. It's a gift received by faith. That's true religion. To put it another way, salvation isn't a reward for the righteous, but a gift for the guilty. And it starts with just all of us saying, I'm guilty. (laughs) I'm not righteous. Are you guys righteous in and of yourselves? No, none of us have a righteousness of our own. As a matter of fact, uh, Romans says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, every single one of us, and are justified by his grace as a, and everybody say that word with me. It's a gift, true religion. You want to know what true religion is? It's receiving salvation as a gift. But here's the deal. Mankind, guys like me, pastors and church leaders, we have a really great way of taking what is simple and beautiful and making it complicated and burdensome. And so we take this beautiful gospel message that says we're saved by God's grace. It's a gift. You receive it as a child. You just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me and accept me. And he will. But we take it. We go, but then this, 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 and this. And pretty soon you're weighed down. And you're like, what is this? I I I don't like what I'm experiencing. And that's right, because what you're experiencing in that moment is worthless religion. You know what's interesting? Is when you call upon the name of Jesus, not only are your sins forgiven, but here's the kicker. All the righteousness that you need is given to you as a gift. See, what happened when Jesus died on the cross was the Bible says our sins were transferred to him. He bore the punishment for our sins, but here's the kicker. The Bible says his righteousness, remember, he never sinned. His righteous life is credited to our account. So I always do this. If you're new to the church, this might be new to you. But if you've been here, you've seen this a thousand times before. This is me and I'm a sinner. This is Christ and he's righteous. And the Bible says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So I run to Jesus and not only are my sins forgiven, but I run and I put myself in him. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. 
His righteousness, not only am I forgiven, but his righteousness covers me. So that when God the Father looks at me, he doesn't see me as a sinner. He sees me covered in the righteousness of Christ. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's true religion. That you're saved by God's grace. You can't earn it. You can't run around obeying a bunch of rules and traditions. It'll never happen that way. No one could do that. Not even the very best of us. You're made righteous by God's grace. That's why this verse says this, for our sake, he, that is God the Father, made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin. Jesus didn't ever sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, when a person believes on Jesus, they become righteous in God's sight the minute they believe. And that is why Christians can pray, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake, I know the Lord my soul will take. How do I know that the Lord will take my soul when I die? Because Jesus did everything I needed in order to be saved. Amen? He did all the work. I simply believe. I receive it as a child with childlike faith. Now, sadly, here's the kicker. A lot of churches are filled with people who don't understand this. And here's what happens when you don't understand this. These churches become filled with people just like the religious leaders in Jesus' day. If you don't understand that you're saved by God's grace through faith, what you're going to default to is what the religious leaders in Jesus' day defaulted to, a legalistic, self-righteous way in which you're trying to live and you're always looking down on others. You're like, well, I'm more righteous than you. You know, I'm so much better than you. I haven't missed church in five years, you know, as if going to church is going to make you righteous. What makes you righteous? Your faith in Jesus, right? You go, well, I help old ladies across the street. I'm more righteous than you. What makes you righteous? Helping old ladies across the street or placing your faith in Jesus, the righteous one. That's it. That is it. And if you have experienced that type of religion, self-righteous, you know, just hypocrisy, and you, you just left feeling like, man, that's worthless. I want nothing to do with it. Guess what? You're 100% justified in that. You really are. True religion, just remember this, isn't putting your trust in what you can do for yourself. It's about putting your trust in what Jesus has done for you. He died on the cross for your sins and he rose again and he offers you eternal life. Don't trust yourself, trust him. Trust him. And when well-meaning pastors and churches try to complicate that gospel message, have nothing to do with it. Just go, no thanks. I know that salvation is a gift from God. The Bible says this, if you, it's, this is it. It's, you want to know how simple Christianity is? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, Jesus never meant for the Christian life to be complicated or burdensome. And if you don't believe me, listen to Jesus himself. Listen to what he says here. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. In other words, if you're trying to please God by running around being a self-righteous person, stop it. It's just going to be a burden on you. Come to me, all of you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. A yoke is something that they would put animals in and they would pull the cart so a yoke would be on your shoulder. He goes, put my yoke on you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, when a person becomes a disciple of Jesus and begins to learn from him, what you quickly discover is that living for the Lord is, is so much simpler than it, than it is often made out to be. Again, too often, men like myself, pastors and well-meaning religious leaders have a way of taking that which is simple and straightforward and making it complicated, burdensome, and, and ultimately worthless. That's exactly why you'll find, sure, when you, when you experience a religion, when you run into religion that has a bunch of man-made rules, regulations, and traditions— um, and, and it feels bizarre, it's because it is bizarre. It is. 
And by the way, you don't have to be a Christian to be able to recognize worthless religion. Non, if you're a non-Christian and you go, I can spot worthless religion when I see it, that's because you can. You can. Mankind is great at coming up with rules, regulations, and traditions to dump on you as if that's what true religion is all about. Did you know that Jesus summed up the entirety of what it means to live a life that is pleasing to God in two simple commands? If you don't believe me, listen to him yourself. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the greatest? Come on, Jesus, tell us. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. As a matter of fact, look at what he finishes with. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. In other words, if I'm going to sum up everything the Bible says, here it is. Love God and love others. Love God and love others. Folks, that is religion made easy, isn't it? Two simple steps. Religion made easy in two simple steps. Love God and love others. That's what Jesus is saying. It's a perfect example. This is a perfect example of where knowing the truth will set you free from worthless religion. When you run into people who try to complicate what Jesus is saying here, don't let them. Don't let them. Now, the question becomes, well, what does it mean to love God? And what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? If we can get those two things down, we're set. Because when we get those two things down, we're always going to be practicing true religion. So what does it mean to love God? Well, let's let Jesus speak for himself. Here's what Jesus says on the matter. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. In other words, you don't have to listen to well-meaning religious leaders who aren't, who are telling you stuff that I haven't commanded you. You're free from that. That's what he's saying here. You can be free from all the crazy people in the world who are going to try to dump worthless religion on you. Just listen to me. Listen to my voice. Jesus says, if you listen to my voice and what I command and what I want, you'll always practice true religion. Now, here's what's interesting. What John, who was one of Jesus's disciples, had to say about keeping the commandments of God. Listen to this. For this is the love of God that we keep his commands, not the religious leaders, not the pastors or priests, not what they say. We just want to know what, what the Bible says, what Jesus says. But here's what he says. And his commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. It's the same thing Jesus said. My, take my yoke upon me. You'll find that the religion that I'm calling you to practice isn't burdensome. Now, it might be challenging at times because we live in a fallen world and it can be challenging, but something can be, just because something's challenging doesn't mean it's burdensome, right? If you love working on cars, working on cars can be challenging, but if you love working on cars, it's not a burden, is it? Or take our orchestra. If you love playing an instrument, there's a lot of practice. There's a lot of challenge that to, to become great at an instrument. There's challenging times in front of you, but it's not a burden. You love to do it. This is what Jesus is saying. If you'll just come and practice the religion that I'm telling you to practice, you'll find that it is amazing. And his disciples said the same thing. The irony, here's the irony. Most people think that Obeying the commands of Jesus are not only burdensome, but it sucks the funny right out of the room. No joy, right? I'm going to obey Jesus. Well, all right, mom, I'm just going to have this miserable life, you know, the rest of my life. This is what we think. And by the way, it's, many Christians feel that way too. Many Christians have been burdened with false religion. What sucks the funny out of the room is worthless religion. And if you think I'm blowing smoke, let, listen to what Jesus has to say. Here's what Jesus has to say. If you keep my commandments, in other words, learn from me. Don't learn from all the other people that are going to try and force all their crazy ideas on you. You will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be. Listen, Jesus, Jesus knows what he's doing. He's the creator of the universe. And he's saying, listen, if you'll listen to my voice, you'll practice true religion. It won't be a burden. You'll love it. 
The problem is most people start giving ears to people who don't know what they're talking about, who aren't teaching God's word. And that's where worthless religion comes in. Can I give you a great example of it? How much should you give to the Lord? And people are always going to say, well, you got to give 10%. That's what I've always been taught. You got to give 10%. If you don't give 10%, God's going to be displeased, right? Pass that plate. Let's everybody give 10%. And so people walk around feeling guilty their whole lives because giving 10% of your income is a lot. And they go, well, Israel had to give 10% in the Old Testament. No, Israel had to give 23.3%. So if you want to use Israel as your example, start giving 23.3%. We are not Jews living under the Old Covenant. We are believers living under the New Covenant. And the New Testament standard for giving, a perfect example of where knowing the truth will set you free from worthless religion. What does the Bible say? What's the New Testament standard for giving? 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each man, each woman should determine in their own heart what they want to give and give joyfully. That's it. It's between you and the Lord. Give whatever you want, wherever you want. It's between you and the Lord. It's no one else's business. Just give joyfully. That's all. That's it. Now, does that sound good? Isn't that freeing? By by the way, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You'll always know that you're potentially in an unhealthy ministry or church or around unhealthy religious people when you're, the, the truth always brings freedom. So when you're around people where there isn't freedom, and you're feeling oppressed and you're being told you have to do this and this, this, and this, and, you know, cross your T and dot the I's. And if you don't do these things, God's not accepted, you know, be careful of that. It could be a sign that you're around unhealthy people. All you need to do is listen to the commands of Jesus, obey him, the Bible says, and you will always practice true religion. So let's have a little fun this morning. You guys want to have some fun? It's Mother's Day. We got to have a little fun. We're going to put this to the test right now. Okay. So Jesus says, my commands aren't burdensome and they bring joy. So let's put that to the test and go, let's look at Bible passages that talk about true religion and find out if it holds up to this test. So I'm going to quote a verse for you out of the Bible that talks about what true religion looks like. And I want you to ask yourself, does this verse sound burdensome and does it, will it remove the joy out of my life? You ready? Okay. This is the test. Everybody's got to pass this test or Jesus doesn't love you. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. Here we go. He has told you, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require? Oh, what does he require? I really want to know what the Lord requires. What does he require? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That's true religion. Folks, true religion made easy in three simple steps. Be somebody who loves justice and loves kindness and walks humbly with God. Be a just person. What does that mean? It means just be somebody that likes what is good and right. Be somebody whose heart beats, say, what is good and right? I'm for that. If I'm I'm for what is good and right, then I can always know I'm practicing true religion. That's that's pretty simple. I can do that. That doesn't sound too burdensome. Just be somebody who practices what is good and right. Second one, love kindness. Amen. If that's what true religion is about, I'm all in. In a world where you can... You can be anything, be kind, right? Love kindness. In other words, treat others as you would want them to treat you. That's religion made easy. That's religion I can can practice. And then the last one is walk humbly with God. In other words, stay close to him. Stay close to him. Follow him. And here's the kicker. Don't think you're smarter than him. You're not. You go, well, Pastor Bill, I come to your church. There's no doubt I'm smarter than you. You are. I am not a smart individual, you know. (laughs) Uh, What was that movie where he said that? I'm not a very smart individual. Forrest Gump. 
Listen, you want to know part of the reason I'm in this pulpit? It's not because I'm a smart individual. It's because I'm an overachiever. That's really simply it. (laughs) I really am. Uh, I'm not that smart. If I ever told you what I got on my SATs, I won't ever tell you, but it's not good. (laughs) But here's the point. You may be brilliant, and you probably are, but whatever you do, don't think you're smarter than God. That's true religion. True religion is staying humble before God. God, you know what's best. So I'm going to humble myself under you. You don't have to humble yourself under me in that sense. Bill's not that smart, but God is. So humble yourself and listen to his voice. And you listen to his voice. His voice is right here in God's word. You let this speak to you. This is true religion. I don't know about you. I can do this type of religion. Now, here's another verse. You ready? Let's, let's put this to the test again. Let's do another verse. Here's another verse. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. It's going to be really complicated. Are you guys ready? Super complicated. Here it is. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction. Does that sound complicated? Is that burdensome? Heaven's sake, for heaven's sakes, no. True religion is about caring for those that are less fortunate. Those in society that don't have what you have, keep an eye out for them. Remember back, when, if you're my age or younger, back in the day, you know what we used to say to people when they, were, when they were acting like jerks? We'd be like, dude, be cool. Remember that? Be like, dude, be cool. That was a gut check. We'd go, dude, be cool. That's what this verse is saying. Be cool. If somebody doesn't have what you have, be cool and look out for them. If somebody doesn't have the protection you have, look out for them. That's true religion. If you can practice that, you'll practice true religion. This is how easy and simple the Christian life is. And then the second one is, and keep oneself unstained from the world. It's religion made easy in two simple steps. Isn't it interesting that the Bible passages that we're reading that talk about the religion that pleases God really boils down to like one, two, or three things at most, depending on the verse that you're reading? It's just that simple. Keep oneself unstained from the world. In other words, be in the world, but not of it. God who is holy called you to be holy. Live for him as best you can. Of course, you're going to fail and you're going to fall. We're all going to sin. But when you do, grace abounds. That's what being a Christian means. We we walk in the grace of God even when we fail. Folks, that's true religion. Watch out for people like me, religious leaders and churches and other things that might be well-meaning, but are going to complicate what true religion is about. And they're going to say, well, yeah, true religion is doing that, but it's also this, 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 this. Got to come to church seven days a week, you know, got to mow the pastor's lawn, da, 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 and all this other stuff. <laughs> don't worry, I don't have a lawn, so you don't have to worry about that happening. <laughs> but again, it, come, it boils down to this. If you get nothing from my message today, if you're, if you're here because you're here because mom or grandma brought you to church and you don't want to be in church and you don't want to be around Christians because you've experienced worthless religion, I get it. Nobody gets it better than Jesus. If you get nothing from my message, simply get this. Don't let those who practice worthless religion keep you from seeking after God. He's there. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. Run to him and trust him. Listen to him. You don't just listen to him and he will set you straight. Now, if you've been turned off by worthless religion, again, Jesus gets it. He gets it. So what I want to do is I want to finish by looking at a verse, one more verse that talks about true religion. Again, I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to read this verse. I want you to ask yourself, does it sound burdensome? Or does it sound like it's going to remove the joy out of your life? So are you ready? Here we go. Here it is. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in what is good, right, and true. There it is. Religion made easy in three simple steps. Be somebody who loves what is good, right, and true. Can you practice that sort of religion? Does that sound burdensome to you? No. Do you think that practicing what is good, right, and true is going to take the joy out of your life? 
No, it's going to bring joy to your life. It's when you're running from these things that you're going to experience the division and the hurt and all sorts of other crazy things. But if you, that's religion made easy. But you know what I love about this particular verse is it has a little challenge right here. It says this, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And you know why you have to try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord? Because you live in a fallen world where there's a bunch of worthless religion. So you're going to have to wade through a bunch of worthless religion to find out what pleases the Lord at times. But the point is, don't grow discouraged. Don't let your heart grow discouraged when you see worthless religion or you've experienced it or you have to wade through it. There is such a thing as true religion that is pleasing to God. And it's incredibly simple. It won't burden you. It's about coming to God and saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. Receive me, forgive me, and he will. And it's about saying, Lord, I'm going to do the things that please you. I'm not, going to, I'm not necessarily going to listen to all these crazy people out there that are trying to add all these extra things. I'm going to walk humbly with you. I'm going to love kindness. I'm going to treat others as myself. I'm going to love you. I'm going to obey you to the best of my ability. And when I fail, I know grace abounds. That's what it is. That's what we're talking about. So if you're here today and you want to know what gifts can I give mom or grandma, whether they're here, maybe they're not even living. You want to know the greatest gift that you can give to those moms in your life, whether they were your actual mom or grandma or just a motherly figure in your life? It's this right here. The greatest Mother's Day gift that you can give this year or any year is simply this is an open heart to the things of God. It's an open heart to the things of God. If you're here today because you're an awesome person, because you love mom or grandma and you're like, I'll go to church just for you, but I don't want to be there. I don't want to stay there. I don't want to be around those people because I have experienced too much worthless religion. Get it. Get it. You're 100% justified in that. But remember, don't, if you want to give the, a, a gift to the one that you love, mom, grandma, whoever it is, Just go, I don't want anything to do with worthless religion, but I will have an open heart to the things of God because there is such a thing as true religion. I'll listen to the voice of Jesus and I'll I'll seek to discern those things that are pleasing to him. Great. 
Soul Gospel Ministries has the opportunities for anyone to volunteer in editing, producing the program, or even reviewing the broadcasts at our office. You don't have to be an expert. We are excited to teach anyone that is willing to learn. If you are interested in learning how to be an editor, producer, or even a reviewer, please contact us at 602-866-8999 or email us at heartandsoul.org at gmail.com.